Hello, it's a wonderful morning here today. So let's get on with the show. Today on the podcast, we're going to continue with how to overcome the fear of selling. Now, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we have had uh, two or three prior episodes where we've looked at why your personality or your introverted tendencies are not a problem because typically it's people who feel that they are um, introverted or shy or whatever who uh, think their personality is a problem and so they are afraid where they are in networking sessions, uh, talking to potential customers, uh, in socially awkward um, situations. Then we've also looked at why you should only sell things that you believe in uh, so that you can be convincing and so that you won't have any fears at the back of your mind when you're face-to-face with a potential customer or in a networking session. Because for most people, um, except for those people who are psychopaths, it actually is really hard to have an honest conversation with someone where you're trying to influence them, persuade them, sell something to them, and it is something that you do not believe in. So, if you're one of those individuals who seems to be able to talk about all kinds of things, regardless of um, whatever your own personal inclinations are, then maybe you ought to see a mental health um, specialist. Um, maybe there's a problem um, with you. But for everybody else, if you don't believe in the product, you don't believe in the service, you don't believe in the thing that you are recommending, then you are going to be fearful, uh, timid, uh, not convincing, um, withdrawn, lackluster. I mean, whatever it is, you're not going to be able to make an effective presentation. So today, we're going to move on to a new tangent. And uh, we're going to look at why you shouldn't take rejection personally. Uh, the reason why this is an important topic to tackle is because, uh, like we mentioned in the first episode when we started on this narrative, the reason why lots of people are afraid when it comes to personal selling situations, uh, remember, for those of you who listened to the episode, I spoke about how uh, there is selling in print or selling in text, which is copywriting. That is when people sit uh, behind the keyboard and they come up with um, email copy, uh, newsletters, uh, what else, you know, things like that. Uh, or you design, um, uh, what are they called, flyers, all those sorts of things. Now, selling in print isn't, well, for most people, um, it's not hard. It's just confusing. And so they just try and learn the process and then they sell accordingly uh, once they acquire the skill. But then when it comes to personal selling, that is you standing in front of someone to try and move your product or your service or to bring awareness about what it is that you do. The reason why most people find that frightening is because there is a possibility for personal rejection. And uh, when people reject your products, when people reject your service, we, and I'm when I say we, I actually mean me as well. Because uh, for those of you who have been listening for a while, you know that I started off my business journey as a wedding photographer more than a decade and a half ago. Well, before then, I had some, uh, I had some, um, what's it called? Before then, I had practiced as a lawyer, not for too long, you know, two or three years. Uh, it wasn't my thing. I was under um, another lawyer, well, two other lawyers, but it still does not take away the um, fear that you feel when you're um, in front of a client and you're trying to advocate what you think is the best course of action and you don't think that they're on board. So whether it's the lawyer or the wedding photographer or the person who sells catfish or chickens or the carpenter, we all feel that we are being personally rejected when 
we uh, put our product um, or our service before uh, the customer and then people say no. So it's that fear of rejection. Um, it's this rejection that brings fear um, into the whole mix. So, um, so for those of you who are self-employed individuals or artistic individuals, you make your living because you're a consultant or you're a wedding photographer, you're a baker, you're a caterer or whatever, then I'm hoping that by the end of this episode, I'm going to be able to um, show you that when people reject you, when you think they're rejecting you, it's not actually you they are rejecting personally. Now, these people, self-employed people, artistic individuals, they have a sense of pride in their product or their service, so they really take things to heart. A consultant who consults on beauty or who consults on taxation or who consults on whatever is making a statement that in their own professional opinion, this is how you ought to conduct your state of affairs. So when you refuse the consultant's um, advice, the person feels that they are being rejected uh, personally. So that's how it works uh, for people who are self-employed and uh, people who are um, kind of artistic. But the good news that I'm trying to bring to you guys today is that you should know that it is not you that is being rejected personally when you make a proposal. Now, the reason why we can know they're not rejecting you um, personally is because they do not know you. Because they don't know you, they are only rejecting the proposal that you've put forward. They're rejecting the presentation that you've put on hand, or they're rejecting the value proposition of your product or service as they understand it. Value proposition is tied to ideas around um, benefit, uh, benefit that can be derived by the person who's going to use the product or the service. So that is actually what they are rejecting. They are not rejecting you because they do not know you. What they know is the proposal that you have put forward uh, before them. However, for the sake of argument, I'm going to admit that, yes, <clears throat> excuse me, that it is possible for people to reject you. There are other circumstances where people might be rejecting you. But these are really far off circumstances that I doubt it applies to you. Now, these are circumstances where people can be rejecting you. If you are rude then yes, um, apart from the proposal, yeah, they're definitely rejecting you because most people don't want to have to deal with a rude person if uh, they don't have to. If you're unpleasant, then yes, it's possible that they might be um, saying no to you personally. If you have body odor or any similar health challenges like that, then it is possible that yes, they are trying to avoid you. If you look unkempt, then yes, the problem is you. If you look suspicious or shifty, then yes, the problem is you. But my assumption is that this is not the case for most of you who are currently listening to the podcast now, and this is why. If you're a man and any of these are the case, you know, you're rude, unpleasant, body odor, you look suspicious, you looked unkempt, then your wife would have been complaining for a very long time. And then all you have to do is put two and two together. Okay, my wife says this and... Um, People are avoiding me in business situations. Maybe my wife is correct. And then you adapt. And then, of course, if your mom is still alive, you know, your mom would have been saying these sorts of things. So if your wife is complaining about these issues and your mom is complaining about these issues and you're suffering in business, then take dressing, act accordingly, and you'll be fine. Now, if you're a woman and any of these are the case, you know, you're rude, unpleasant, body odor, you look suspicious, you look shifty, then trust me, your circle of friends would have called an intervention long, long, long ago. 
All it takes is one person to say something. Maybe you guys have a fallout. She talks to another friend of yours. And then you're in that situation where people are just there. You're gisting. And then somebody brings up the issue. And then they're trying to impress a certain number of things upon you. Now, my assumption is that if you're listening to this podcast now, neither of these things have happened to you if you're a man or a woman. So we can rest confidently that you are not um, the problem. So let's rest assured, whenever people reject you in a business situation uh, or after you've made a proposal or a presentation, they seem to be rejecting you in a negotiation or whatever. It is not you that they are rejecting, but it is the proposition or the presentation that you have put on the table. Now, let's look at reasons why people are going to reject the proposal that you put forward. Because, like I said, it's not you that is being rejected. It is the value proposition. I mean, in effect, they are rejecting something. So let's try and find out what it is that they are rejecting so that we can uh, know how to um, redress the situation. Now, people are going to reject your proposal or your presentation or your price quote or whatever it is that you put forward before them if it does not meet their needs. They're also going to reject the proposal that you put on table if there's something in it that they don't understand. If there's something in the document they're going to understand, they're going to weave it. They're going to say, let me think about it. They're going to say, no, thank you. If you've said something that confuses them, then, of course, they are going to reject the proposal. They're also going to reject the proposal if they don't think your solution can work. So they understand exactly what you said. And they know the reason why you said they should do this, they should do that. But they don't think that this solution is going to work. They're going to reject it. They're going to say, oh, uh, you know what? I have another meeting. Let me go for this meeting. I'll call you back. And then they never call you back. So, because they think the solution is not going to work. Sometimes they know that the solution can work. But they don't think that you have the skills to pull it off. And then there are other times that there's no urgency in that situation and these people are just not ready to make any decision in the first place. That's the reason why they walked into the store, they looked at a few items, uh, they looked at five or six items and you thought, oh, this is going to be a, a, a big sale for me today because each item is 12K and they have looked at seven items so far and they say, uh, you know what, uh, what time do you close? You close at 5 p.m. Okay, no problem. I'll come back here at 4.30. I'll be here at 4.30. At 4.30, they don't show. It's possible because they never had any urgency um, behind them in the first place and they were not ready to take any uh, decision today. Maybe they were just thinking, this is nice to have, this is nice to have, this is nice to have, but they were not thinking, I need this thing right now, so let me just go ahead and uh, buy this product or get this service from this chap or from this lady who I'm talking to. So... Um, knowing that very few of these circumstances have anything to do with you, we can feel comfortable going about trying to sell your product or your service. Uh, so don't worry. Don't be scared. It's not you if you keep hearing things like your price is too expensive. If, pe if you give the price quote or the presentation and then people say, what? In this tenable economy, you want me to buy this? Or if people say things like, let me think about it. I want to consult my wife. I want to consult my husband. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to consult my business partner. I want my pastor to pray on it. Let me talk to my children. Let me talk to my mom. All those sorts of things. And it's not a problem. And it's definitely not you. If somebody says, oh, uh, young man, young woman. Yes, I like what you've said. It sounds really, really uh, groundbreaking. It's really thought-provoking. You know what? Uh, go to the office. Drop it with my secretary. And then call me again uh, March of next year. So, the problem is not you. The problem is any one of these circumstances that we have um, addressed before now. 
So like I hinted, even though these things have nothing to do with you, and you shouldn't be afraid, there are still things that we can do to bring the conversation back on track. Because you're not going to be much of a uh, salesperson or a business owner if every time you go out, you hear things like, your price is too expensive, let me talk to my pastor, drop it with my secretary, and there's nothing you can do to bring these conversations on track then you're not going to be much of a salesperson or a business person. So let's look at these scenarios so that we can explore what the problem might be, find ways of trying to troubleshoot um, secret dress so that we can go forth and we can sell more comfortably and increase or grow um, our business and the prospects for our family and our children um, as the year goes on. Now, again, uh, let's go over the reasons why people reject proposals that you have made. So the first one, it doesn't meet their needs. The reason why you're getting this kind of rejection, in quote, well, for now, let me just call them rejections. The reason why you're getting this kind of rejection is because you didn't ask enough questions in the first place or try to investigate about their needs. So that's the reason why somebody would say, uh, let me think about it. Uh, let me come back at 5 p.m. and drop it with my secretary. Because they look at it and they know that this proposal doesn't hit the spot. What you have to do is you need to learn how to have business conversations that probe why people have come to you in the first place. So somebody comes to the store and they're picking up items. It's not just enough to start calculating what your profit is going to be um, at the end of the day. Ask a couple of questions. Welcome, sir. Welcome, madam. Okay, ah, this is a wonderful item. Uh, sorry, why are you picking this? Uh, okay, are you planning for wedding anniversary? Are you planning for this? Um, is it going to be a social whatever? If it's kids' clothes that they're picking, they say, oh, oh fantastic. Um, is it a son? Uh, you have a son or a daughter? Oh, how old is she? And, you know, you have the conversation. Why are you picking it? Is it her birthday? Okay, you just need to replenish um, the wardrobe. Have you thought about this item? Have you thought about that? That gives you the opportunity to upsell, you know, things like that. So engage with um, conversation. Engage in conversations with uh, people where you're asking questions and you're trying to figure out why have they come to the store? Why are they checking up your website? Why did they pick up the phone to call you? You need to know what it is that they need, the problem that they're trying to solve before you can make a proposal. If you're just making proposals, I mean, somebody calls up and they says, uh, I want five pieces of this. And you say, okay, five pieces of this, it costs 2,500 naira. And they say, uh, oh, you know what? Let me call you back in one hour. Um, of course, there's no, you don't have a chance for, uh, closing the deal in the first place because you haven't asked any questions. You don't know what it is that they're trying to achieve. You don't even know if you're making the right uh, presentations and um, sorry, uh, proposal in the first place because there are times that people come. It has even happened to me loads of times where I come. I want to buy something. I think I want to buy the right thing. But then the professional asked me a couple of questions and I realized that I was going to have ended up buying the wrong thing. For instance, before I started my uh, career as a wedding photographer, I needed a computer and I made up my mind about the computer I wanted to buy. And then I went into the store. This was back when I was in the UK. And then the attendant was like, oh, fantastic. Yep, we have this, blah, blah, blah. And he packed up everything. And then before we went to the stand, he just asked, uh, by the way, why are you, um, I hope you don't mind me asking, why are you buying all this? And I told him, I'm going to be a photographer. I bought this camera, blah, blah, blah. I'm looking for a computer. And then the guy was like, oh, well, actually, if you're going to be a photographer, I wouldn't recommend this kind of computer. This is a something something inch screen, but I would recommend that you buy a 17 inch um, screen instead because you're going to be spending hours editing and blah, 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 strain on the eyes. And of course, at the time, I didn't think about all these sorts of things. I was just thinking about um, a computer that was um, small, easy to carry, 
I was thinking about portability. But then what the guy said, it made sense. I'm going to be spending hours editing photos, so I need a large screen. So we found something that was 17 inches and that was light enough uh, that would still um, fit into my bag. It didn't have the uh, kind of space that I wanted, but it had the RAM, random access memory, you know, so that you can process lots of files. And then we ended up buying a, uh, a what's it called? Um, an external storage device and at the end of the day i ended up spending less money than i even came into the store um to uh to spend but the thing is i left there feeling confident that what this guy had proposed the presentation the solution met my needs and i was confident sending other people back to that store because i knew that that guy was a correct guy and that he would always sort anybody out properly if i sent uh, people to that store so one of the reasons why people are rejecting you, when they're saying, uh, you know what, let me come back later. Uh, are you around Tuesday next week? Uh, you see me Tuesday next week, don't worry. It's because the proposal has not met their needs. You need to ask questions. Now, in traditional sales and business development circles, we call this the qualification and discovery stage. If you're curious about that, we have dozens of episodes about that over here on the podcast. We have over 750 episodes so far. So you have to scroll on um, quite a bit. But there are other podcast directories that you can use where you can search um, within that that will help you find um, the podcast uh, title that you uh, that you need. Then... Um, let's see what else okay so another reason why people are rejecting you is because um, there's something you've said that they don't understand and it causes confusion and a confused mind is not going to make a decision today especially if big money is involved if somebody is confused but the item is not expensive you know one five five hundred two thousand five hundred they might just pick it up after all uh, you know what's the worst that can happen it has happened to me before I bought a TV uh, what's it called? Um, adapter, because it was an HDMI adapter, and um, I wasn't sure if it worked with the TV or not. But it wasn't that expensive. It was it was under it was under two two grand. It was under two grand. Uh, well, in Nigeria, you know, two grand is not much. I understand that for uh, Americans or for those of you in the UK, you hear two grand and you think what? That's a lot of money. But in uh, in Nigeria, well, anyway, inflation, currency, strength of the naira, and all that. So two grand is not much of a big deal i got home it turned out to be the wrong adapter for the tv but yeah it was like 2k so i didn't bother uh yeah so i was like so somebody who's confused they're not going to make a decision today so the solution to that is to stop using technical terms and simplify your language everybody's prone to this let me give an example i was talking to my wife about something uh, about directions that i think we needed to make um, in the business and well that's my own business anyway because she hasn't struck out on her own yet and then i was talking about lms and then she stopped me and she said lms liquidity management system and we had a laugh about it because in my own industry in this space in sales and business development and coaching and things like that lms means learning management system it is that thing that app that website that is used to um, curate and organize the curriculum that somebody is going to learn off of. But in my wife's space, in the securities um, space, um, securities, you know, stocks, options, those sorts of things, LMS means liquidity management system. It is an app or a website or a web-based thing that tells the market operator, uh, this is how much money I have. This is where I've invested things. 
these are risky investments. Um, uh, I'm expecting a margin call on this. I need to manage my cash ratios on that, you know, blah, 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 blah. So it's close enough because we're both referring to apps and software and things like that for people to get things confused. But these situations happen all the time. You could be having conversations using a technical term like I was using LMS. The other person doesn't know what it means or, he's or he or she is understanding it to mean something else. They get confused and they say, you know what, uh, send the email to my secretary. I'll call you back tomorrow morning. And of course, they're never going to call because they were confused right from the beginning. Some people are embarrassed and don't want to say anything. There are some brave people who, like my wife, would say, sorry, excuse me, young man, you said this, 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 that, that. Do you mean this or what does that mean? But for most people, we'll just say, um, you know what, this is my email address. Just email it to me. I'll, I'll, I'll call you back. I'm coming. Let me go and pick my children from school. Uh, I'll call you back on Friday. And then you don't hear from them um, again. Now, another solution is that you have to keep asking for feedback when we are in sales conversations. So you need to, um, you need to ask. Uh, at during points in the conversation, you ask. Um, it depends on, you know, your personality type and, you know, how you talk and then things like that and the level of rapport that you have with the client. You can straight up ask, Madam, the way you're looking at me, I can see that I'm talking of point, Abby. Where should I rewind to? So you don't have to sound as formal as me or that direct, but just speak naturally the way that it comes to you. You know, sir, uh, this part I said about XYZ, I hope it makes sense, sir. There are some people that say, um, are you following me? Uh, there's a lady I know who says, you get in fact she doesn't say do you get it sounds like she's saying you get but you know that's her thing so she's talking and you know from the way you're looking she sees that you're not following and she's like ah you get you know so you ask those kinds of questions if you ask you get and the person shakes their head you now know that okay person has not gotten so you now know that it's time to rewind or whatever so there's no formula but just uh, the way that comes natively to you of course it doesn't have to be in english if you guys are vibing in yoruba it's the same thing look for culturally appropriate ways or expressions in Yoruba to see whether the person is following and then rewind the conversation and then try and make sure that you're speaking much more um, clearly or clearer. So do this uh, repeatedly during conversations. Make sure that people are always moving along with you. If they're moving along, if they understand, then when it's time to make a decision, the chances that they're going to say, uh, let me pick up my children and I'll call you back on Wednesday. The chances are that will go down because they understand. Someone who understands, who is excited and is confident in the proposal will say, ah, it's almost time for me to pick my children. Or, I beg, let me just uh, pay sharp, sharp. Maybe you can deliver to the house. Okay, let me just pay it now. Deliver to the house. Uh, I'll call you later. Let me rush and pick my kids. Instead of saying, oh, uh, uh, you know what? Let me go and pick my children. Uh, send it to my secretary. Uh, I'm coming. Let me talk to my pastor. Let my pastor pray over it. You know, blah, blah, blah. Another thing, people might reject you because they don't think your solutions can work. So for this, oh, okay, 20 minutes, I better wrap up. So people don't think your solution can work. So for this, uh, have testimonials, have case studies ready and, you know, chip them in at different, uh, different parts of the conversation just to forestall that you get to the end and then people don't think that this thing is going to work. Then also, um, this is why some people prefer to sell on referrals from previous customers. So they get a customer, the customer is happy, and then they try and get some contact details from that customer to other people. And that kind of removes the um, whether people think the solution will work or not. So, excuse me, 
because um, if it's a referral, then they already know from their friend or whoever sent it to them that this is something that is um, going to work. Then if they know that the solution can work, but they don't think that you have the skills to pull it off, then you should be building credibility throughout the sales process. You need to show that you are the expert. You can talk about past scenarios where you use your skills, your judgment to achieve results. And then there are some people like there's some professions rather like lawyers, medical doctors, engineers, accountants, realtors, stockbrokers, these sorts of people. That's the reason why they keep their certificates on the wall and they always keep it behind them so that while you are there in front of them in the office and they're talking, you can see that, okay, this guy graduated from um, uh, Queen Mary Hospital, London in blah, 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 in, uh, in orthodontry and blah, blah, blah. So like, ah, correct, foreign trained doctor, uh, this guy is an Ebon. He's a member of the medical. This, 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 that, that. The lawyer is also there on the wall. Call to bar, so, so, so. A member of this, member of that. Completed training in this. Completed training in that. Uh, you know all those things. And then maybe the picture of him uh, and the president, or maybe a former president, uh, so you know that he has had big clients, or pictures of him with famous politicians, you know, those sorts of things, just to big him up, you know, make him look like a really, really credible and fancy lawyer. Engineers do those sorts of things as well. Their certificates are behind on the wall, uh, photos of projects that they've worked on. Accountants do those sorts of things. Realtors as well, um, stockbrokers, you know, so these are just ways of showing credibility is to limit the chance that you guys are done and even though your uh, proposal makes sense, they think, Kai, this guy is too young or this guy looks too baby-faced. Maybe he can't make it work. If you look too young or you look too uh, baby-faced, but it is clear that you graduated first class at uh, London School of Medicine or something, then I just trust that, um, that uh, truly you're the best person for the job and then they end up going um, with you. Then, uh, let's see what else. What else? What else? When they think you are the problem. Oh, yes. Um, dressing appropriately. So it helps to dress appropriately uh, as a way to show credibility because, uh, let me see. Let me see. Uh, okay, stockbrokers. Let me use a stockbroker example. So if you are a stockbroker or you're some kind of wealth manager and then you make a proposal that, madam, we're going to allocate 25% of your stock to this. We're going to put 15% in bonds and we're going to do this, this, and we're going to do this trade uh, strategy or we're going to allocate your wealth here, here, here. We'll do tax savings like this. Now, the proposal might make sense. And the client might know that this thing makes sense, die. But the thing is, if you're dressed like a carpenter, then they're not going to be confident in you. So they will respond, okay, I like the proposal. Uh, please email it to me. Let me think about it and I'll get back to you. And then you won't hear from them again. So dressing appropriately that also helps to forestall uh, these sorts of things. Um, I think I've left out one. What have I left out? Urgency. Okay, so urgency. Um, I was talking about how some people uh, say no to the proposal or they just ghost you, they fade because there's no urgency in that situation. Now, what that means is they're not ready to take the decision now. They were never ready to take the decision. The thing is, you just didn't know about it. And when people are in that situation, they can comfortably delay it until later next week, next month, next year, because there's no emergency, there's no urgency. So we should always be trying to get a sense of their time frames before we start the conversation. Let me give an old example that I've given time and time again on the podcast, and I would like to share again. Um, this is something that I've done 
personally and i know lots of people have done uh, personally as well so started off back in my wedding photography day is a mistake that i would make you talk to the people it looks like they have pepper it looks like you know like they have money you think that they're serious people you go ahead and you give the uh the quote for hundreds of thousands of naira and then you don't hear from those people but during the conversation you should be trying to get a sense of what is the wedding date you'd be surprised lots of wedding vendors who give a quote without asking when is your wedding date if you're talking to somebody in january of 2024 and the person says their wedding date is march of 2027 obviously there's no point in dropping a price quote now you can talk about ranges and all kinds of things but making specific presentations there's no point because it's two years off prices change and then of course there's no urgency nobody's going to drop a deposit two years ahead um so ask about the date ask about the venue sometimes you ask if the people have a wedding date but they don't have a date but if they're secured and they paid for a venue it's a good sign sometimes you ask uh you get into small talk about uh whether the families have met to agree on the date you know things like that or maybe they don't have a date for um, the white wedding yet but they have already fixed a date for the registry and maybe they have done the registry weddings all these are things that give you strong indications whether uh, people are ready to make a decision whether there's a sense of urgency to make a decision for wedding photographers and i keep telling wedding photographers uh, coming into the business uh, let's say you're talking with someone you can't get a sense of the wedding date they don't want to reveal if they have a wedding venue they don't want to reveal whether the family has uh, met to agree on the date you can't get a sense of whether there's a uh, registry wedding uh, planned or not. Um, you can't get any of um, these things. Then uh, my brother or my sister, wedding photographer, in this situation, I don't think you have a serious prospect on hand. There's no point in giving a uh, proposal or a presentation because I don't think there's any urgency and these people might not go ahead. So... Um, if you're an accountant, uh, it's the same thing. Somebody comes, end of year report, uh, you know, you need to know. Okay, no, hold on. No, does that make a difference? Anyway, yeah, you, you need to ask those um, sorts of questions. So they want to prepare a statement of accounts. Why are they preparing it? Who do they need it for? Is it for compliance? Compliance with what? Is it compliance with Corporate Affairs Commission? Or is it going to be presented at the board uh, board meeting? You need to know all these things. When is the meeting going to hold? Uh, when do you have to submit this thing by? Things like that. That is when you will be able to know whether you have a serious person in front of you um, or not because you've gotten a sense of whether there's urgency or whether there's any time frames so since we've done 13 minutes let me just bring this to a close uh summary of what i'm trying to say is once you know that it is not you that is being rejected but what you are selling that is being rejected or all these other circumstances around what you're trying to sell you're going to be much more confident selling and you'll be able to be calm enough so that when there's trouble, when there's fire on the mountain, you're going to be able to troubleshoot, find out how things are going wrong, and then uh, bring things back on course. So that's all for today, folks. Uh, connect with me on WhatsApp. The number is 080-6466-2140. The country code is plus 234 for those of you who are hitting me up outside the shores of Nigeria. Also, connect with me on LinkedIn. My name is Tavishima Ayede. I'm the host of the show. You can confirm the spelling of my name and the email address from the link where you're currently listening to this episode. So thanks for the time and attention. I'll catch you guys at the next recording.